you. Come on in. Welcome to the scum bar. Scum Bar Podcast, episode 80, where we talk movies, video games, pop culture, books, Ron Weasley, and everything in between. I am your host, Matt Brush, and with me today is Ron Weasley himself. Ron Weasley! <laughs> it's been a while since I've done that. I don't. Really, I couldn't really hit it today. <laughs> I, I can never hit it. It's too high for me. I, I'm feeling <clears throat> tired. I'm feeling tired. You're, thoughts, you're you feeling know? toit. Like I'm feeling toyered. I'm just feeling toyered like a toyger. Um, be toyer. sure to check out the Marvel Movie Marathon, where Anthos and I go over the 22 films in the first three phases of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. If you haven't already checked it out, check it out. We just did the Black Panther episode. Blick. And it's going to be releasing next Friday. Black Panther. Black, and then take a nap. <laughs> because we are 80 and tired. Tired. Yeah, episode 88. Holy cannolis. Remember when we started this thing back in 1994? It's just it's yeah. been a long time. Back at episode seventy nine. Oh jeez, <laughs> we just we just skipped one through seventy eight just to make it seem like we had gone like really far into the podcast. Yeah, really popular. Yeah, but, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's weird. We used to crank these things out like every week. We'd go on the regular episodes here, but then now that we've got the Marvel movie marathon thing going, it's like back and forth. So it's this number goes up slower, but it's still it's like God eighty. It just sounds like so daunting it's like 80 episodes where's the time gone well okay if this is our 80th episode and we've recorded 17 <laughs> of the mcu ones we've actually this will be our 97th episode that we've actually recorded yeah i know right wow that's yeah. weird and on that note i don't know at the time of this recording it might be true we're very close to a thousand listens which is pretty crazy Ooh. so you've had a thousand per per per, list, per video right per podcast <laughs> oh yeah per episode. <laughs> exactly we're almost at an average rate <laughs> of a thousand per <laughs> podcast episode <laughs> so uh, i'll take the moment to just say thank you all so very much we really appreciate the feedback and everything from from every single Everybody. one of you that gives us feedback <laughs> yes thank you um but yeah we wouldn't no, we, we would do this without you. Unfortunately, I would still do this without you. We're, but not, we're not doing this for them. We're doing, we're it, doing for it for us. us. <laughs> but but we're, still, we're letting them a, hear that we're doing it for us. It, it is crazy to see our milestones, though, sometimes. And a thousand listens is amazing. But also the fact that we're on episode 80 is just amazing as well. So yeah. Oh, boy. It's cool that we're here. Um, Anthos. Yes? What's new with you? Well, what is new with me? What are we doing? What are... This is the... Uh, I don't know what. When's the last time we had one of these episodes where it wasn't a Marvel episode? Because that's I feel last like last week <laughs> or two weeks ago, I guess. Did we? Oh, we did have one two weeks ago. What's when we did Mandalorian. That's right. But okay. you're, you're right. When when did we not talk about Disney? It's so funny. We now have a day where we just don't have to talk about Disney for once. Like we can talk about whatever we want, and we're kind of floundering. Like, wait, what do we want to talk? Yeah, about? like what, what what do our lives revolve around? Otherwise, like than this podcast. Um, yeah, maybe. Uh, I've been cl- we've been cleaning my wife and my myself have oh. been cleaning the house to prepare for the baby. Ooh. I'm not sure. Wait, have I announced that we're pregnant? I don't think you have. Ooh, well, I don't hey, think everybody, have. we're pregnant. 
<laughs> Antho's and I are pregnant. Yes. Um, we have a scum baby coming. Oh, well, officially, congratulations. This is the first time it's come out on the podcast. But yes, congrats. Thank you. Thank you. Congrats, there is a baby Anthos on the way. It's, uh, it's like a baby Yoda. That's scary. But uh, <laughs> let's just hope that let's hope that our baby is more like my wife than than myself. <laughs> uh, otherwise, let's hope it's a perfect blend of the two of you. <laughs> it's, okay, I'm just gonna mention the this sweet now. and sour. And okay, my my wife has always she's gonna kill me for saying this. She's always been worried, and this is gonna be immortalized that. <laughs> Because she did a face swap of our faces, like, years back, and oh, no. it was, like, the most horrifying thing to her, oh, no. that kind of made her not want to have a baby, because she thought our baby would be super ugly, looking <laughs> like our face swap. She can probably hear me saying this right now. I'm surprised she's not coming in, but anyway. You guys are fine. It's going to look <laughs> I'm not just like every other baby. I'm beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, well, I, I get that people say that, you know, babies, when they're first born, they're just extremely ugly and pruny and, like, what what are they? But I think, overall, you know, their their proportions and their shape and, and everything. Oh, they're pudgy little guys. They're, they're cute. They're, they're little cuties. Yeah. So, um, yeah, definitely looking forward to that. Um, we have some learning to do. I've been trying to listen to uh, a podcast about uh, what, to, what, to, what to expect and what to prepare. What to expect when you're expecting? Exactly. Yeah, uh, what is, I feel like it's the podcast is just called Pregnancy. <laughs> something it's, it's a minimalist one. Those um, weirdos. Like, you gotta name it something cool, like the Scum Bar Podcast. <laughs> yeah, like what? What is that even? Um, yeah. So yeah, I just try to try to be a little proactive in terms of uh, getting prepared, not just mm. for like the the labor part, uh, like the delivery part, but also you know what comes after. So you know we're right. accumulating some baby products now. and uh trying to figure out you know what other people would recommend in terms of products and where to get our information and yeah so that's that's new that is quite that's probably the best the biggest news we've ever had on our what's new with you so that is incredible (laughs) that's amazing all right we're gonna be having a new addition to the scum bar podcast family we're gonna have a a guest speaker (laughs) oh yeah by, by the name of baby (laughs) <laughs> oh and I'll, I'll mention now our baby's name for now while they are while they are i was gonna say baking that's not they're not no so they're the baby's name is peanut for now okay yep just while they're incubating yep um yeah so peanut's coming <laughs> <laughs> awesome yeah um cool and obviously when time comes down to it and you need some time off if we are taking any kind of time off on episodes there'll be a a good reason behind it and now you know why so yeah i I have a feeling when baby comes there are going to be a lot of halts in life in all aspects exactly yeah so be prepared for that it's coming down the pipeline so i might just have to imitate anthos on a few episodes here so yeah well we you know what we can do i can just record myself Oh, pre-recorded, from, yeah. Yeah, record myself, like, after this episode, I'll record myself from the moment we finish all the way until uh, my wife delivers. Perfect. And then you just have all those sound bites to use. You can, you can... You should just do a bunch like, of pre-recorded responses of just typical Anthos well, sound yeah, bites. I'll, I'll talk to myself. I'll, like, I'll say something. I'll ask myself a question, and I'll answer it. But I'll answer in <laughs> variations, just so that you have the choice to pick, oh, like, which story should we go with this with this antho scenario and yeah. uh yeah it'll be, it'll be fun okay yeah. yeah i like that that works that works well for me i'll do that great <laughs> perfect um i'm gonna forfeit my what's new with me section to go Aww. with this gift i've got this gift here 
A friend ah. of mine just dropped this off just before we started recording. I haven't opened cool. the gift yet. I don't know what it is, but I think it's D&D well, it's related. A bag. And this is a bag. It's here. a bag. This is a nice gold bag. Yeah. I think this gift is going to be D&D related because we have a D&D group. So I think that's where we're going with this. But we'll see. So, anyways, I'm gonna open it up on the podcast. So that'd be kind of fun. So here we go. Cool. All right. I it see. is. This isn't even paper. This is a plastic bag. <laughs> wow. That's, that's, that is how we do it here on the island. That's innovative. <laughs> oh wow! And that was it. That was all there was for wrapping. But you know what? Like that. That create. It's not just the look of it, but the sound. It sounds like tissue. Oh yeah. So that works. That's perfect. And it's yeah. reusable. You can use. Is, is, it. That, is this good ASMR for the podcast? By the way. Yeah. <laughs> the, the bag has this paper. <laughs> Anyways, here we go. This looks pretty awesome. It's Whoa. oh my gosh! It's Whoa. like a it's oh like a Stein. Oh, it's I, got my name on it. Yeah. Oh wow! Actually, I saw part of it that had your name that you didn't see because you you turned it towards the camera. So look on the bottom side. Oh wow! wow. So for people at home, it's got my name Matthew on it. It's like a Stein, but it's like wood grain Stein. Um, That's cool. It kind of looks like a mini like a barrel. Yeah, it looks like a yeah, like a keg. Yeah. Sorry, like a like a barrel, like an old cask, I guess is what I meant to say. Um, and my character in D and D is a bard, so it's perfect that I've got my bard's kind of um, that's cool. that ma- mandolin or what was this called? Uh, uh, ukulele a banjo? or something? Banjo? What I don't know. It's 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 a musical instrument. What does the wait? What do you what do you say? Your character is what does a bard? The, the He's bard. a bard. I feel like they play a lute. Is it not a well, lute? you as a bard, you kind of pick your instruments, and, and currently I only play a flute, actually. What instrument? But does... eventually, I want to play a guitar in the D and D campaign. No, I, but it we is just a lute. Got yeah. yet. the bard, the the instrument that a bard plays is called a lute. I was right. Oh, I'm sorry. You a mean lute. a bard in real life? Let's talk about like a bard in D and D. But yeah, yeah, you're right. A bard. Oh, sorry. Wait, is. what? Yeah. Wait, what's a bard in D and D? In D and D, like a bard is is uh, one of the classes you can play as. Oh, and so it's not the same is... kind of bard like a real life bard. Well, it is. It's just that you choose your instruments that you play as a bard. It just means you're you're you use music uh, and I see. sound for all your magic. I see. I yeah. see. Anyways, so, that's a really really awesome gift. So that is I'm really stoked cool. with that. That's cool. Right, let's see if we can get some sound on here. More ASMR. That's the sound of me knocking it. Yeah. There we go. This is me ASMR for you guys. There. Oh, drinking out of it. Beautiful. I love. Uh, <laughs> so I, I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but I love associative gifts. Oh yeah. So what I mean is yeah, like this gift is like it's it's associated with the fact that you play D D. And so mm-hmm. every time like if I were you, every time I played D D, I would strictly, explicitly, exclusively use that. Yeah. And I would not, not ever want to use anything else. It's so comically large. It will never <laughs> go in a cupboard. It's There's great. no way my fiance is gonna let this go in a cupboard, so it will have to stay at my desk. Yes. So it's perfect. Perfect. So. Yeah. <laughs> um all right, so that's gonna go it's gonna be another trinket on my desk, so I like it. Nice. Um, that's a good gift. Cool. Yeah. So that's what's new with me, I guess. I got good, that gift. Good job, gifter. Um, and thus, let's move into something I like to call Ye old News. Ye old News. The newsiest of all the news. <laughs> so in here, we're going to go into my first news, which I'm going to say it's fairly large, I guess. Okay. Um, Lucas, LucasArts, um, or Lucasfilm Games, as it's Ooh. called now, is uh. back. It's now a back property. It's, it's back. Uh, it's big, and it's a property that is working, uh, and they are working with uh, the company Ubisoft to make a new Star Wars game, which is really funny, because it's always been EA Games that's working on Star Wars. Well, it looks like now that Lucasfilm Games is now a whole conglomerate, they're able to 
send out their games to other publishers, which is similar to what Marvel did when they made Spider-Man on the PlayStation, and they did that with uh, uh, Insomniac games. Mm -hmm. yeah. So now Ubisoft has the rights to be able to work on a Star Wars game, and they're working on an open-world Star Wars game, probably somewhere in the vein of something similar to Assassin's Creed or, like, Whoa. Far Cry. Um, cool. So... It could be really interesting. I don't know anything else more than that other than Ubisoft is working on it. So that's cool. Let's hope they don't screw it up. And I'm excited for it. I'm curious to know what era they're going to be using because, you know, there's... Era, a lot, era. there's <laughs> ooh, that was good. Yeah, nice. That was good. That was good. You should do more of that. Um, <laughs> there was, uh, you know, there's been a lot of... I, I think there's been a lot of talk recently about what the upcoming Star Wars movies are going to be. And it's, it's they're, mm. like, the, the story is going to be taking place way before anything that we've seen up until now right it's going to be like stuff where with the knights of the old or not the knights, but the old republic the old um republic. no knights and uh, the days I, of the old republic. the days yeah the days of wine and roses and the old republic um <laughs> sorry that, that's a song the days of wine and roses okay. just just for those you know who who want to be cultured in the in the world of jazz uh, uh yeah um so i think it would be kind of cool because you know we we've seen a lot of characterizations for um uh or I guess we've seen a lot of games and movies obviously relating, revolving around a lot of the same characters from the same era, more mm. or less. And uh, I think branching out into a new... Because, you know, like, I think when you when you start working on a, on a new game, or I should say when you bring out a game that is always all of a sudden touching on, like, a new aspect. So this one going to be open world, because we haven't had open world Star Wars games before, right? If you... Uh, oh, that I can think of. But if you were to... Uh, I'm sure there's some, just on the top of my head, I actually can't think of any. So you might be right with that statement, but it feels like there's got to be at least one. I'm just, I can't think of one off the top of my head. Well, I was thinking, like, Battlefront or something. It's not open world, but it's just, it's no. just like, MMO, right? No, at least not open world the way that we define open world these days, which is mm. pretty much Grand Theft Auto clone, right? So... Oh, I see. Well, I can't, yeah. I can't think of a uh, Star Wars game that works that way. So I think you are right. I mean, The Old Republic is probably the closest thing we've got to something similar to that. Yeah. Well, I guess what I'm thinking is, uh, you know, a lot of people have so many qualms with any of the trilogies that, mm. you know, once you start, if you do a game on one of those trilogies, there's, there's it's going to be, I feel like it's going to be split down. Like people just like really hate the idea that we're seeing more of these characters. And then the other side, like, oh, like, I love I love having these characters like strictly just playing with them all like you know over and over again. But then, if we're gonna move into new stories later on in uh, in the I was gonna say the MCU in the SWCU the Star Wars Cinematic <laughs> Universe, that I think it would be a great opportunity to start branching out with with new characters that we haven't seen and uh, mm. and that could be fun. But if not, no, I'm sure it'll be fun too. Yeah. That's all. Well, we'll see what they do with it. Again, Ubisoft is not horrible with open world games. Making Assassin's Creed and Far Cry, they've made a lot of money off of those too. But they, I've, I found both those series to kind of not be very fun anymore. Mm. So hopefully Ubisoft doesn't start on that foot and they start on the old kind of Ubisoft foot with Star Wars. So we'll see. It'll be strictly Yoda's. No other characters. Just, just Yoda's race. Just a bunch of Yoda's, yeah. Yeah. Hey, Baby Yoda sells. What if we made a game about that? Yeah. Just only Baby Yoda. Yeah, and so far we have there's we have Yoda, we have Grogu, and then there's that like female Yoda that we saw yeah. in, in the High Yondu. Council. Yeah, Yondu. <laughs> Yondu. <laughs> I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, so is it there... cool? Oh, I'm sorry. Um, you let's what what do you have for news? Uh, okay. Well, sure. Um, <laughs> let's see. I, I saw something about Chris Evans and MCU, and apparently he's 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 picking back up his, his Captain America cape. 
Uh, not the, the shield. Caper shield. He gave that up. Nope, doesn't have the shield anymore. Oh, right. Okay. He he gave that up to who? Who to who? Matt Brush. Who did he give the shield to? We don't know yet. Oh, oh, we don't. We don't know oh, yet. Oh, I see. Okay. Right, we'll, see, we'll see in a few movies. We'll have to see. We'll have to find out, won't we? Yeah. And so will our audience when they listen to our Marvel Movie Marathon episodes. Aha! Yes. Plug. Yeah, good uh, plug. Plug a nugget nug. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I think nothing has been confirmed, which is mm. pretty much the case all the time until like a month before the movie releases. Yeah. That... Uh, he, he yeah whether or not he's actually going to be involved and in what capacity um but uh, i don't know i would imagine that he might have probably still a little bit to do with i kind of want to say wandavision um just yeah, because do. because of how wandavision is going so far it just reminds me of uh, what i remember reading about in the uh, uh in house of m and like civil war and stuff like that so you know maybe it's that or maybe he'll do some more maybe he'll be training in uh he'll be training oh no that wouldn't make sense he's old well anyway we'll, we'll see what happens we'll see what happens yeah we'll have to see what happens yeah but interesting i hope they don't screw up how they left with that character because i did enjoy kind of that aspect of it and like, i you, hope you they liked don't. the closure that he had or you didn't oh. like it I am more on the side of liking what they did with him on the closure than not liking it, and okay, I'd rather yeah. they don't flounder about and just make it worse by adding fluff afterwards, you know? Right. So it would so. make you'd be happier if they did stuff where it's more um, like uh, prequel kind of thing, or not prequel, but like yes, exactly. That have yes. Already Anything that place. doesn't harm the already pre-existing storyline. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. Um. So in cyberpunk news, because ah. that's a new thing now. Um, Cyberpunk, <laughs> as we already know, has been a fairly broken game with its launch. We've already had long, expansive talks about this on our last podcast. You can listen to those if you want to hear our thoughts on it. Um, there is now a new patch for Cyberpunk that came out. It is patch 1.1. It's mm. making waves right now because it has fixed a lot of the Cyberpunk game. But unfortunately, and this is super unfortunate for the developers, the uh, patch is having some issues. So oh, here okay. I've got a little statement Quote, the first big patch for Cyberpunk 2077 was released la- late last week and brought with it a host of bug fixes and stability improvements. However, as Eurogamer reports, patch 1.1 also managed to introduce a new bug that prevents the main story from progressing. Oh, jeez. Unquote. Whoa. Yeah, there is apparently a storyline uh, chapter scene, I guess, and I don't know much about the game, unfortunately, but there is a character that calls you on the phone, and they are about to give you a quest, and then you accept the quest. When they call you on the phone, I think the dialogue happens... And then the quest never pops up. And unfortunately, so you're just there's on the phone, no just way. kind of waiting. Yes, so and there's no way apparently to trigger else. the quest. So wow. uh, it has now broke the game from progressing. Now, what's what's crazy is it's not as bad as it sounds. It sounds really bad. It sounds really, really bad. That sounds pretty bad. But that's, that's why it's making waves. The amount of people this will actually affect, I don't think will be that big. Okay. But unfortunately, the damage has already been done. So even if they patch this out with the like another patch that was what only like a couple megabytes, and like it then released like the moment after patch one point one came out. So let's yeah. call this one point one two or something. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, it doesn't matter because this is already the headline, and it just makes it so much worse. So yeah. people are now not going to even want to play because they're just worried that no matter what, the game is already broken. So yeah, I wonder if this is going to be one of those uh, uh, bad publicity is good publicity. You know, like, there's just so much talk revolving around Cyberpunk yeah. now after it's been released. Well, it happened with No Man's Sky. I mean, that game, I was one of the people also who was on the bandwagon who was really disappointed with that launch and was very vocal about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
And those that team turned it all around. You know, they've been working on it the whole time. They just kept working really hard on that game. And now it is, they've turned it all around. All the Steam reviews seem to be mixed to positive and if not very positive from the from hardcore fans that really enjoy the experience now because there's been so many updates that the game is just good it's just a good game now because okay. they actually had the time they needed to make it so nice you know i'm wondering yeah. is this a thing like can you roll back video game versions so yeah you can do that with like computers and like, hardware and software like drivers and stuff and i can't i guess that, that comes into like an argument about like digital and physical though i guess like if you had a physical release of cyberpunk you could uninstall the game entirely probably leave your saves but uninstall the whole app of your game on your console and then put the disc back in and the disc will install based on the version number there um, oh right yeah so because it, it wouldn't immediately like it wouldn't automatically update like it'll prompt no, you to no that is the problem with modern consoles though they do prompt a lot for yeah. saying like you don't have like you won't have access to online features in a game if mm -hmm. you are not on the latest version and that's for hacking and security right but unfortunately that's also how they get you with updating all these patches and stuff too mm-hmm so yeah it's really hard in. to play a game yeah it's really hard to play a game now without an internet connection because of that very thing it's just patching and upgrading yeah 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 wow okay so well. that's news on cyberpunk what else you got uh oh let's see well so a couple things um this is i think it's fairly new news but uh the death news. of larry king um, oh yeah i saw that yeah 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 i think what was the age 87 unfortunately larry king's one of those people that i already think is dead a lot of the time because he was he's just seems old every time i've ever seen him and that means clips from like the 70s and clips from modern day he just always looked old i think yeah uh, he has always looked old to me and um but yeah no he's finally uh let's see he's he's actually dealt with a number of issues um wow. so yeah late december he was hospitalized with COVID 19 um i'm not i don't think it was necessarily that he died because of covid 19 because he already had like tons of other health issues um and he had he had several heart attacks um wow. had wow he had quintuple bypass surgery Ooh, that's crazy um yeah so he he had some underlying things there but uh what did i say it was 87 i think i think uh 87 yeah he was 87 so um I, I never really watched him either, but I just knew him by kind of just like association of people ever, you know, just referencing things and referencing talk shows. And Larry King was generally one of those names. So I'm sure he'll be missed by a lot of people. Um, I don't know why this prompted me or if it did, but my next note is that Betty White is 99 years old. <laughs> so she, I think she just turned 99 like a few days ago. She is nuts. She just keeps on trucking. And she looks the same all the time. Like yeah. ever since I first saw her on TV. Good for her. She's kind of like, um, she's almost, she reminds me of, uh, oh shoot, what's her name? Uh, Professor McGonagall. Please, Professor yep. McGonagall. Uh, Maggie. Maggie Smith. Smith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the first time I saw her was in Hook. And I swear oh, she yeah. was younger by the time I saw I know. her in, in Harry, Harry Potter. Potter yeah so yeah yeah whatever those ladies are drinking i want that too <laughs> uh larry king i'll always remember him as doris in the shrek movies uh i don't know why oh. i don't know why he plays doris but he does there's a, a a man woman in the shrek series that is like a really funny like ugly princess that oh. just has this like male voice that's like hey <laughs> it's like really deep and it's larry king which is so funny oh. i don't know why he does the oh, voice I yeah that's doris okay it's just like a random fact that larry king plays doors but it's just one of those things so it's funny Anyways. that it reminds me of uh glenn close and hook 
like playing. Oh uh, yeah, playing that what game. I was gonna ask you about that by the way, because I never realized Glenn Close was in Hook at all until you mentioned it that one time on the podcast briefly. Mm-hmm. Then I watched that clip. That's a funny clip, and uh, I love it. But uh, I'm like, <laughs> why? Why is Glenn Close like randomly this small character in this movie? I don't for fun. I don't know. Maybe somebody oh, no order a favor. I'm just something? searching up. Apparently, Glenn Co- Close, Gwyneth Paltrow, and Phil Collins are all in Hook. What? So it must be like this hidden thing, like for fun, that they're just all there. What? I wonder yeah. if they all were all maybe, maybe they're just like friends with uh, they, with Robin Williams or something, and they just they've got to be. It's I'm, a funny scene. I love that scene with Glenn Close. Wait, <laughs> Phil Collins in Hook. In wait, what? Inspector Good. <laughs> when they just start crying. <laughs> oh, he's the inspector. Oh, that's f- wow. What? Yeah, the? crazy. That's We're gonna so have random. to do a um, a hook deep dive when we eventually do a hook movie podcast. And then Quinnith Paltrow in the hook. Who's? Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. She's. Oh, that. Wow. You know, I think I realized that, and then I totally forgot because like she just looks so different when she's younger. You know when she oh, she's yeah. playing uh the she's playing okay she's like she legitly in Hook okay never mind she was yeah. not like a hidden thing I feel like Glenn Close is like a cameo for fun she plays Wendy Darling Wendy when, Darling Wendy Darling Jim Darling Wendy <laughs> Darling Hook Darling Hook <laughs> Darling Peter Darling um Crocodile anyways, Darling let's, let's move on okay uh okay so hitman 3 is a thing that launched um it's had a fairly good reception so far <laughs> i don't play the hitman series all that much although i have respect for it i and you a know good a friend thing. of mine yeah a good friend of mine he loves the hitman series uh it's launched looks like it's doing good people seem to be playing it a lot you're basically so. just like you're a hired gun right that's what you're yep. hitman? you're a hitman cool it's actually a pretty cool <laughs> okay. concept from what i from how i know about it the level will play out and it'll be let's say like an opera and the person you're trying to kill is, let's say, a character in the opera. Or maybe he's a person attending the opera, right? And so the level is all this predetermined, like, script that everyone is all playing out. All the NPCs and everything are all playing out in mm-hmm. this level. So there is actually, like, a, an opera that's going to happen. All these NPCs are going to go and sit down and watch the opera. It's going to be an intermission. Then it's gonna, they're going to go back and sit and watch more. And then they're going to just leave. During that mission, your mission is to assassinate the person. But they don't really tell you much more than that. You then improvise and make your way into there to figure out how you're going to do it, which is why it's so cool. Ah. So there's so many different ways you could have gone about doing it. And I think you get like extra points and bonuses for doing it specific ways. But oh, that's cool. pretty much, from my understanding at least, that's pretty much how Hitman works. Um, now, I don't know anything about Hitman 3 really. I just saw like a trailer and it looked really interesting. But I couldn't tell you about the new features in this one or anything like that. But yeah, cool game series and it's been around for a long time, so... I never played them. I never really looked into them, but... Oh, wait, didn't we have, like, a Hitman movie that came out? There was a Hitman movie, yeah. That one dude from The Office was in it. Dwight? Truth? Yep. Yep, you're right. Was was he Hitman? It was was starring Rain Wilson. Nice. No, it was starring... um, Timothy Oliphant. That sounds familiar. Yes. Timothy... He's in a lot of stuff. Elephant. Wait, is he not the dude from The Office? I might have my things mixed up. Oh, I think he was in maybe. Oh like, yeah, he's in the. He plays he's Danny Cordray in The Office. One yeah, episode, yeah, yeah. yeah, and then he's in The Mandalorian. Oh yeah, he's he was in. Yeah, yeah, he's in The Mandalorian. Yeah, that's yeah, right. That's the one. This one's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, sorry. You got more more news? <laughs> Probably. I'm just thinking about your laugh. 
<laughs> yeah! And it was just, you kind of, you were just escalating on your own. You didn't even need me to, like, riff off of the laugh. You just, you just liked it on your own and just kept going with it. I guess it. so, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, what else I've got? Oh, uh, the, I just watched the Godzilla vs. Kong trailer before we started oh, the episode. Yeah! Kong, 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 Kong! I like Kong Skull Island a lot. I really like that movie. Oh, I didn't um, watch it. Darn. Wow. Watch it. Well, then that trailer no. just spoiled Kong Skull Island. Oh, did it actually? Um, okay. No, not really. Kong Skull Island, Skull Island is one of those movies that just, like, really doesn't take itself seriously, and, like, for the better. It's just a better movie because it doesn't take itself seriously, so it's it's fun, and it's interesting. Now, Godzilla, I think, takes itself too seriously, and that's why it's not as interesting. Um, now, I haven't seen the newer Godzilla. I hear it's better, so I want to watch that, mm-hmm. but this Kong versus Godzilla, I'm excited for. Like, I'm, I'm legit excited me too, probably. Even though I haven't Color seen any of those things. Where is... Okay, so I actually... Well, there's, there's four movies so far in the series. There's Godzilla, then there's Kong, Sky Island, then there's Godzilla, King of Monsters, and now there's Godzilla versus Kong. Hmm, okay. Um, so I... Let's see. Godzilla. The Godzilla... Wait. Um, the Godzilla that we... With Brian Cranston. That yeah. is part of this? That's the starting to it. That's, that's how the, the whole... First one. Okay. Yeah, that's the first one. Then, then there's King of the Monsters that came out in 2019. 2019? Is that the one with uh, Millie Bobby Brown? Yes. Oh, okay. So She's uh, actually yeah. apparently in this one, too. Yeah, so I, know, I noticed her in this one. So I didn't see that one. This one actually seems to be almost in the vein of being a sequel to King of the Monsters, which is interesting because uh, so far they've all been standalone. So this will be the first time that we actually have like carryover characters, pretty much. Hmm, there's okay. been like hints of carryover stuff, but not actual carryover. Anyways, now that we're actually having characters go from one movie to the next, so that's interesting. Cool. Okay. Go. Things to look forward go. to. So yeah, go. I, um, I guess not knowing the previous two, I guess two movies that would have led up to this, like Kong Skull Island and then, uh, um, and the 2019 Godzilla one. Um, yeah. I don't know how much I need to know about that, but I don't know. I, like, oh. I don't know. I feel like you could probably just watch any of these movies standalone. You're probably fine. Yeah. Okay. So then, watching watching this trailer, it looked pretty. Kind of looked fun. Um, I liked. I liked actually seeing today's technology with these two mm. gigantic beasts fighting. Exactly. That's all it is. That's all it is. You yeah. just want to see these things fight. That's really all it is. You don't mm-hmm. care about the people all that much. You don't really need to know. The story doesn't have to make that much sense. You just want to see two creatures fight each other. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so for the most part, I enjoyed the trailer. The only thing I didn't like was just at the very end of the trailer. Do you remember? Um, like you watched the trailer, right? Is that when Donkey Kong like had his whole like arms up and he did like a whole like bashing down onto Godzilla's laser beam or something? Yeah. So Donkey Kong is holding up um, Link's shield, Zelda's shield. Link's oh, okay. Shield. Yeah. Da, 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 da. The, the mirror shield, and Godzilla <laughs> is apparently Godzilla. aiming right at the shield the whole time that that Donkey Kong is on like the ship or on land, and then jumps up and the tra- the trajectory of Godzilla's beam still follows the shield. Why is that? <laughs> like, I, I hate it when stuff like that happens. You know, like, uh, things that really don't make sense. Like, this happened... Mm-hmm. Oh, I, uh, I can think of one. Thor Ragnarok. When, um... When... Oh, what's his name? What's 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 the Ragnarok guy's name? Surtur? Surtur. He's, like... Surtur. Sh- he's, like, shooting flames down at Thor. Thor is, like... Flames? Sh- like, he's waving his... Uh, he's waving Mjolnir. He's, like, spinning it. And then... Yeah. When Thor... He like breaks the flame by whipping it away, 
but that doesn't break Surtur's concentration of shooting the fire, right? Yes. This is like yeah. one of those moments. It doesn't make sense that Godzilla would be aiming right at the shield where Donkey Kong wants to reflect it. Yeah. Godzilla should be shooting it everywhere else but that. So why? I don't know. Yeah. Like, is am I just am I being really? Thought, it looks cool. That's why they did it. Does it? No, look I honestly, I, I don't know. I have no idea. It. You're right. It probably doesn't make much sense. But whatever. Yeah. We'll All it. right. That was. Yeah. And I will get to. Oh no. Wait. Well. Oh, it's. I think it's later it, on this year, right? Uh, it says twenty. Yeah, twenty twenty one. Experience it in IMAX, Dolby Cinema. But Ooh. also, so see it in theaters and on HBO max at no extra cost to subscribers but i have a feeling that the h max applies only to american people because uh, i i think that's what Americans. it was for for wonder woman 1984 yeah it said hbo max but it wasn't available for a canadian hbo max like the same date that it was in mm. uh the u.s so it'll probably okay. be the same well but, then yeah. i will have to get it in other means well that's um, what vpns are for <laughs> 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 true <laughs> yeah yeah ah uh, so there's another movie called Raya and the Last Dragon. Oh yeah, which is like a new like Disney film. Do you know yeah. more about this movie? I just watched the trailer. Uh, I watched the trailer a while back and I totally forgot what it was about because I, I think I got excited that it was something that it wasn't. Yeah, I think I was expecting <laughs> like Frozen or Tangled, and then when I watched the trailer, I was getting more like Kung Fu Panda almost. You know? Oh, I think I was expecting something a little bit more. Uh, for some reason, like culturally Japanese, but like feudal. Oh feudal japan feudal like, japan you like, want Edo japan like so, yeah kind of like i don't know why i was getting that vibe in the beginning and then it turned out to not be that at all right yeah <laughs> yeah it's yeah i agree it, it is kind of like that it's i think it is trying to go for some ancient thing but it's not necessarily that because when i look it's at it's almost like bringing the ancient stuff to the modern day oh almost. okay yeah okay when i look at this i kind of feel like moana meets how to train your yeah. dragon yes but the, and, but no but yeah. the yeah but the but oh yeah no you're right yeah <laughs> yeah that's the Moana yeah you're right and I don't know like I I, I enjoyed Moana um, Moana how to train what was that oh <laughs> the way you sang that reminded me of the weekly podcast because <laughs> uh, you're like Moana Moana we love you Moana, Moana only one day away <laughs> They're mother here right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Moana. There's a there's a song in Little Mermaid. Um, uh, I think it's. Um, oh no no no! It's Kiss the Girl. Kiss it's the like, Girl. You want to kiss the girl? Yeah. Um. Yeah. When there's there's a moment where it goes, I wanna kiss the girl. And oh, yeah. I wanna. And uh, <laughs> go on then. Moana. Oh, girl. it sounds like you say Moana, so I always go Moana, and then it's uh, I realize that it's similar themes. Did you say that happy. before the Moana movie came out, though? No, never. Oh, okay. Never. Never. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> Let's move on. Ma- yeah, cool. Ray and Last Dragon. I don't know much, but I saw a trailer. It looked very. I don't know. I probably won't see this movie, to be honest. I probably will have it in the background, maybe while I'm washing dishes at some point. Well, I still have never seen Moana, so based on that, or... I probably won't see this. You know, okay, Moana is, it is kind of cute. It's, it's a fun movie to watch. I would say, it, you know, just it, give it a shot. It actually doesn't look bad. I just haven't even got around to seeing Moana yet, so that's why I know I won't see Rhea in The Last Dragon. If anything, you're watching it for hearing The Rock sing. 
Uh, yes. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for some, it, it doesn't sound musical the way he sings it, but I love I the way he sings it. You're welcome. Yeah, he's kind of like speak singing, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so moving on. Um, there is also new news that's uh, hitting everybody right now, hitting everybody's threshold. But I think it, people are making a much bigger deal about this than it really is. But mm. they're talking about this new Harry Potter television series for HBO. Ooh. Um, it's it's confirmed that HBO has the rights to make a Harry Potter series and will most likely go ahead with those rights to start making one. Is but this that's the one all. That... Yeah, go on. Sorry. That's all that got confirmed. That's it. Oh, okay. That's all the news is. But you're, I'm seeing news. a lot of headlines where people are like, talking about, oh, Harry Potter is getting redone as an HBO series, or uh, the new HBO series for Harry Potter is going gonna, is gonna to pad out the Harry Potter universe and all this stuff. But it's like, we don't know yet what it is at all. They don't even know. They're, they don't even have writers on it yet. So. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, I, I thought I heard something recently, but it might have been just, like, random, like, conspiracies or whatever, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, um... Uh, the next like set of Harry Potter movies are supposed to take place like way before even Fantastic Beasts, like just completely different. Or was it, I thinking of something else? Maybe it was, like, I feel like the they would they would have to do that if they wanted to do a Harry Potter thing. I feel like they would have to. Yeah. Um, although I would love to see a Harry Potter remake entirely on TV. We've talked about this many times before, but mm-hmm. I would love to see a whole remake done. Season one, that's book one. Season two, that's book two. You know, I think they could totally do that. Yeah, get more I, into I, it. Sucks because I. I really like all the actors they had in the original show, but I just I would love to see it all redone. You know, I don't know why I just thought of this. This would be kind of cool, or maybe just a little bit too chaotic. But if there was a uh, like a podcast or an audiobook series where each book, like there will be four, it starts off as four books, and each audiobook is strictly what happens in that house. So everything is from their perspective. Oh, wow. And so even and then when they when they have interactions with other houses, it's still from their perspective. So like it's That'd their own cool. it's their own kind of like emotions on top of what's happening. Yeah. So you'll have like you'll have like a meeting with like Harry, uh, well sure Harry Potter and like somebody from Hufflepuff, and then it's it's told from Harry Potter's point of view of it, and like oh like oh they're kind of cool, and then but then the Hufflepuff person is like oh this Harry's kind of a dick, I don't yeah. I don't think I want to yeah, yeah, with yeah. them anymore, right? It, I I don't yeah. know it's kind of random, but that could be kind of cool. That would be cool. That's the stuff I like in Harry Potter, so I think it'd be more interesting to see that Harry's kind of mundane stuff. What? When Harry's a dick. No, just the, the mundane Hogwarts lifestyle. That's more what I get into, so. Yeah. Um, so you did remind me, this might have been what you were talking about instead. Uh, Amazon's Lord of the Rings, they now officially came out with the storyline to Lord of the Rings and what ah. they wrote and the actors that are portraying people and whatnot. Uh, unfortunately, I think the actor that was going to be portraying Sauron is now not going to be portraying Sauron, so we mm. don't really know. But um, they came up with their synopsis, and it's going to be taking place during the Second Age of Middle-earth. So it's okay. uh, a long time before the events of the Ring, which is all in the Third Age of Middle-earth. Oh, okay. So they also announced that Sauron will be the villain. Uh, and this is Sauron in the Second Age when he was known as, like, the bringer of gifts. Because he was just... Uh, he's kind of like a fair-looking character with, like, white hair and all of that. More like uh, an elf. Um, even though he has evil intentions, people don't know this yet. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of giving gifts to men and elves and all that. Not the rings yet, but he's giving gifts to them and becomes known as like this lighter presence, I guess. Okay. Um, so that's more what the show's going to be about. It's going to be talking about that. It's going to talk about the island of Numenor, uh, which is where the Numenorean kings came from. And it's going to go into elven lands. I, I believe Elrond will be in there. Um, mm-hmm. It'll also probably have Celebrimbor, who's the, the elf that created the ring. 
Um, oh, cool. So, so Sauron created it's Sauron's ring, but Celebrimbor actually wrought the ring in Mordor with him. So he actually created it with the blacksmith hammer and all that. Okay. Um, so, anyways, we're probably gonna have some pretty interesting storylines and all that kind of stuff, and some characters we kind of know, like Elrond, will be around. Uh, we might even get like. Uh, uh, oh my god, like a Sealdor eventually, who eventually is the one who cuts mm. off the ring's hand. So it's essentially, I guess what the show is going to do is it will most likely end with the lead up into the prologue of the Lord of the Rings that we see at the beginning of the Lord of the Rings movie. Yeah, so I, was I gonna feel ask, like that's where it'll end. So that prologue, is that actually a depiction of the Third Age still? Or would I that don't be a know the, the transition. Age? I wish I did, but I have no okay. idea when the transition is. But I'm assuming that's the Third Age because Sauron is already donned with the armor and all that, and yeah. he's more he's more spiritual in that essence at that mm-hmm. time. So, um, Sauron has all his power and everything. I would assume that is already transitioned to the Third Age, but I could be wrong. That might be the end. That might be the transition right there from the second to the third. Um, but that's definitely the beginning of the War of the Ring. That's when Sauron creates the ring. So, um, all of that is taking place in the Third Age. So I would venture a guess that that's Third Age. Regardless, I, I feel like the show will most likely end with some kind of, almost like uh, Revenge of the Sith, it'll end with some kind of like lead up into what we already know as a regular. It's so funny that you said that because as I was thinking about, um, as I was thinking about him, like Sauron getting his, uh, his finger cut off, I was immediately thinking of Anakin getting Darth his Vader? limbs cut yeah. off. Like, yeah, like yeah, yeah. oh, is he like the Darth Vader of Lord of the Rings? They, yeah, pretty much, except for I don't think we're going to see any kind of, like, Sauron being a good guy. I think he'll be evil throughout the whole show as well. Yeah. He'll look fair, but speak foul, I guess. Maybe that was that Anakin is. the whole time. Maybe. Maybe. Um, what I'm a little bit afraid of at this point is that they're going to be kind of making Game of Thrones out of Lord of the Rings, and I really hope they don't. Oh. Um, some of the best things about Lord of the Rings is the unknown, is the what you don't know, because there's so much more history and story that is just beyond what the, the context of what you're getting. Yeah. And why Lord of the Rings succeeds is because it's based on this short, tiny, little story that's happening in a much, much broader universe. Okay. But when you start trying to world build, if you do like a Mandalorian-esque thing for Lord of the Rings, unfortunately, I feel like you're going to start to find the holes in the world. The Mm -hmm. best thing about the world is that we don't know about it. So that's why it's good. So your mind fills the blanks in. But once you start filling those blanks in and say like, this is what happened, this is canon, eventually we're going to find things that we're not going to like, I think, at least. So I'm worried that's where they're going. We'll see. I kind of see what you're saying. Like, I'm the way that I'm picturing Lord of the Rings versus Game of Thrones, anyway, the way that they have, like, we've. I know, like, it's, it's hard to compare movie versus TV show, um, but in terms of Lord of the Rings and, like, The Hobbit, for me, the storytelling is very more like. It's just like, I just say fantasy is mm-hmm. just, like, the, the overlining word. But when I think of Game of Thrones, it there is fantasy aspect to it, but I, I find it's just a little bit. I don't know, like, I don't want to say gritty. Um, I get but, gritty. It's, it's got this realism factor where it doesn't feel as far-fetched from our regular life. I guess, yeah, I think that's... Yeah, maybe that is because when we... Like, when we're watching the movie, we're also just seeing, like, okay, how are these... How are the, all these people just related to the overall story? Mm-hmm. But then with Game of Thrones, we get, we get a much deeper look into each individual, and that probably takes away from the overall story and more just, like, here, connect with connect with the characters more than the story so that way when right. they die you feel it kind of thing. yeah 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 so yeah i agree i think if if they're gonna go um yeah for for this re- or reboot or retelling or new new story for yeah. lord of the rings i i agree it's gonna be uncharted agree. territory there's no script there's nothing so they're kind of writing it from the get-go it sounds yeah. so yeah, it would be nice if it's more more fantasy like I'd say and less yeah. less Game of Thrones like. I yeah. hope it is larger than life fantasy. I would love to see that. I don't think they'll do it, but I would love to see that. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Anyways, so that's all we really know about that. And I think that's all our news, unless do you have more? Uh, nope, that's the news. That's the news! Well, that was awesome. We, we successfully talked about news for a long time, and the reason why is because I don't have a topic for today. <laughs> I was supposed to have a topic ready, and I didn't do my homework, so I don't have a topic. Now, Anthos has gratefully, gracefully, gratefully? Grace, graciously. 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 Um, offered Gra- to cool. come up to a Rajal Ghoul topic. <laughs> so, I don't know. Do, do you want to go over your topic now? Ah, nah. All right. Then we won't go into the topic. Okay. So I've been reading this book. Hey, topic number one! (laughs) Uh, Well, actually, I I did... I finished reading the book. I kind of... I I went through it pretty quickly because I just borrowed it from the library. And I I don't read fast, but you... I have a 21-day limit, so I had to get through it. Oh, you have to read it within 21 days. Had to read it. And uh, so it's Green Lights by Matthew McConaughey. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, um... Okay, I know a bit about this book. Cool. Okay. I listen, listen to his Joe Rogan interview, listen to his Hot Ones interview, and listen to his Jordan Peterson interview. And all oh. of them were about the book, so okay. <laughs> this is so perfect. I'm, I'm halfway through the Jordan Peterson uh, interview, which I find interesting. Like, I've never... I, I don't really listen to a lot of interviews. Um, okay. I've listened to, like, a few with Joe Rogan here and there, and maybe some others, but not usually on the topic of, like, a, um, a book, per se. It's usually just, like, mentality or, like, lifestyles, but this is kind of, you know, they're, they're kind of picking apart the book, but also picking apart his his mindset. For sure. At least that's what I get from it, right? So, Jordan Peterson's more of a psychologist, so the interview's that's more right. like watching him going through a psychology lesson than it is an actual interview. It's quite interesting. Yeah. Jordan I Peterson actually, asks really interesting questions that other interviewers would not ask. So. Yeah, you know, and I, I really like that because I find mm-hmm. some of those questions, they're not the typical things you find in casual conversation because of the kind of barriers that you might feel like you're trying to break down by asking yeah. that kind of question. Exactly. You know, like, be, I guess because he's a psychologist, he kind of has these liberties that he can take. Like, I'm a, psycholo- I'm a psychologist. This is what I think of. So why did you do this kind of thing, right? Like it's, Exactly. That's just like a very brief and uh, stripped down version of what they're doing. But I am enjoying it. And, and Matthew I, McConaughey, I got to hand it to him, is open-minded enough to be totally fine with those kinds of questions. He's a very down-to-earth yeah. person. The more I listen to him, the more I realize that I, I like him. He's very influential. I think he's a very influential person. And he's very motivating. So mm-hmm. I agree. I, I, th- I think when I heard, I can't pick questions out of uh, out of my head right now but when i did hear some i i, I thought like oh whoa did he just like like what what did he kind of just like condescend what matt was talking about in a way um mm. but no like matt he i'm calling him matt as if like we're, we're tight but but matthew mr mcconaughey <laughs> uh yeah just takes it for what it is like just yep you know this is this is your perspective and this is how this is how you talk and um yeah this this is just my answer and it's for just sure. very it, it's very um, I don't want to say unemotional because obviously there are emotions put forth to like what he wrote about, mm-hmm. but the responses to what he's asking, it's, it's not emotional. It's just strictly like, okay, well, yeah, this is what it is. Right. And it's just, yeah, no, no harm done, no foul. Um, yeah. So if you want a much more emotional style of it, the Joe Rogan interview with him is good because I'd say it's more the audience Matthew McConaughey is used to. Mm, okay. So when he's talking to Joe, he's definitely just talking as Matthew McConaughey for sure and he says some really interesting things in that interview but it's just that Joe Rogan is more playful in nature when doing an interview so it's mm-hmm. it's more uplifting and playful while it's the the Jordan Peterson one is much more uh much more groundbreaking I think and it's 
it's also extremely influential in a completely different way. It's like it's very motivating for the kind of person you want to be. While the Joe Rogan one is more just like appreciating the kind of person you are. I guess. Yeah, I can I can see that. Um, yeah. Because yeah, with the psychology with Jordan Peterson, it's more like unraveling. Yes. The, like the why. Exactly. Kind of, right. Yeah. So. Um, so okay. So for those who aren't familiar with this book, I'll just read a, a brief synopsis for it. Uh, so. So yeah, synopsis by Matthew McConaughey. It's a collection of Matthew McConaughey's journals from the past 36 years. He had put off delving into these journals for many years. However, he decided it was finally the time to take himself and the journals to a, des- uh, to a desert with no electricity. Here's where he wrote Green Lights. By rereading the thousands of pages held in these journals, McConaughey, McConaughey relived the core values that brought him success and happiness. Green Lights is filled with people and experiences and is described by McConaughey as an aspirational book. So when he wrote this book, uh, I think when you re- when you read like the first couple pages, he says this is not a it's not like a self-help book. It's not a book that's trying to make you better. You know, like it's right. not it's not one of those um, you're not trying to read it for the sake of like, oh, this is going to make me a better person. That's not what his purpose is for writing it. Yeah. His purpose is really just these are my experiences. This is what I took from it. Enjoy and like that, yeah, and that's, which, and that's what it is. It's in similar nature, and I don't want to get too introspective here or anything like that, but it's similar in nature to something like Marcus Aurelius's Meditations, which is a famous book that lots of people go through as philosophy, but it's a book that was his own journal, his own thoughts, his own quotes, things that he just wrote down. And it was never intended to be a book that people read. But mm-hmm. now, so many people have been inspired by it that it's, it's a famous book that we all can read and find like a nice quote here or there, or a nice saying here or there, or a nice thought here or there about something, and we get something from it. It's so funny how it's so big. Now, Matthew, I'm not saying Matthew McConaughey is as influential as Marcus Aurelius, but it's the same concept. He's just writing down his thoughts and how he got to where he was and the things that were going through his mind at that time. And it's mm-hmm. extremely um, motivating to somebody who might have these similar kind of thoughts or might be like, oh, okay, it does get better or just whatever they are feeling when they're reading what he's saying. So I think it's similar in vain to that, I guess. So I think it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, that's true. Um what sorry okay you said he had an interview with joe rogan jordan peterson and what was the third one? Oh, uh hot ones which is just oh, the, uh, yeah, right. the, the hot wing thing <laughs> yeah 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 okay yeah. uh i'd be interested to see how that goes yeah that um, was funny i like that so uh yeah i mean w- without giving away what he talks about um i can just kind of be as general as possible but so yeah he has these journals that he's been keeping for pretty much the majority of his life and uh he goes through some very interesting things that i wouldn't really picture like most people i know in my circles going through so i don't know if it has to do with you know the times that he grew up or the fact that um or how he grew up in that environment i mean there's i'm, I'm sure tons of factors um will play a part in why he does what he does but he uh without giving away too much he literally follows his dreams so he has a couple dreams and for him it's uh, it's trying to tell him that there's something he needs to do in life and so he actually goes he, he seeks out what happened in his dream so say uh, he has a dream that takes place in uh, or that he thinks takes place in like South Africa so he travels to South Africa um, and he has wow. he has the same dream uh, and he realizes another aspect of it is like oh he was on the Amazon River so he traveled to the Amazon River <laughs> And uh, so these are just like a couple of things that, um, and you'll obviously you'll find out what happens when he's there along the way and, and uh, what he learns about being a part of, uh, you know, the cultures there or, right. uh, or a lot of things. But um, it's, uh, it's interesting that he 
I guess what I'm taking from this is he he put himself in in a lot of these situations. It wasn't like he all all of a sudden just happened to be in them, but he put himself in those situations, and from that he was able to gain so much that he ended up appreciating. Uh, like he went on this exchange. Uh, I can't remember if it was. Um, I think maybe it was while he was studying for law school or something and decided to do an exchange and get some experience. So he traveled to Australia and lived with this very, uh, I guess like they're very, a very, very, very minimalist. Um, I don't know if that's the word, but they're kind of like an Amish. They sounded like an Amish family sort of thing. Like they just, they, they just weren't weren't uh very in in tune with like modern values and, and stuff like that so he endured that and um but anyway it's it's interesting like he's also the kind of person who is uh he because he is um morally if he agrees to something he sticks to it and right. uh and i think that's something so th my topic actually isn't meant to be his book specifically but it's more just uh about values and um and the idea of how to keep growing and how to keep learning. Um, and the, the reason why I've been thinking about that lately is because, uh, so yeah, I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast that we're having a baby, um, which means a lot of life changes in, in all aspects, right? right. Um, but uh, I didn't want, um, or I, I also want to be sure that at the same time, you know, like I, I'm going to be, and my wife will be learning a lot as we are becoming parents and as we're raising a child and maybe children in the future uh, that, you know, we're, we're constantly learning. We're constantly being put in different situations that we will challenge us and test us. And it, I, it's up to us, like what we want to do with those tests and challenges. Do we want to just stick to what we've always been doing and just say like, Oh, that's fine. Uh, like I don't, I don't need to do anything different because I'm happy the way I am or, uh, or is it more beneficial for trying to change your mentality or adjust it enough that you will keep growing because everything else is changing. And, you know, can you, can you, can you stay, uh, was it, can you, can you actually stay afloat with the environment that's changing if you're not changing yourself? Right. So, yeah. So there's a lot of stuff to unpack there, but uh, I'm still in the middle of trying to figure out like what it means for me to keep moving forward in my life. Um, I don't know. Have you ever? It's like the Rocky line. It's how it, hard it, to it, get what... hit and keep moving forward. Well, exactly. I, yeah. I think that that is a that's a really good line. It's a very motivational <laughs> like speech that he had, right? I know. I love that. It it applies to so many things because it's not just like it's not just about boxing, but it's about you can get hit in so many different aspects. You get a hit in your job and yes you gotta what are you gonna do about it are you just gonna quit or gonna move forward what are you, and how are you gonna move forward yes and then uh, when you get hit in life you know maybe somebody really close to you dies how do you get over it do you get over it what, what do you do to get over it right so well that's that's yeah. what i found just listening to matthew mcconaughey and yeah not necessarily just about the book and i haven't read the book but just listening to him in general i found him extremely motivating just because of that he has that i don't know carefree nature about him but when I normally meet somebody who's got carefree nature, I see it as immature or I see it as somebody who is going to make mistakes. Mm. And as someone who tries not to make mistakes or somebody who thinks that they make little mistakes, um, to me, I think that they're not thinking as much. And I'm like, oh, they're, 
they're just dumb because they're gonna make a bunch of mistakes and then they're gonna have to learn and they have to start from ground zero again but mm-hmm. then when matthew mcconaughey explains it i realized that actually i'm the one missing out i'm not trying new things i'm not trying to challenge myself more than i should be you know and mm-hmm. so his carefree nature is also got this weird grounded rule set that he he explains a little bit that he's got this kind of carefree rule set to keep him within bounds while he's being mm-hmm. carefree yeah and when i hear it that way i'm like oh my god there's so much i'm missing out on because i'm not being like that you know and it's it's, it's very motivating to try to have more of that kind of unhinged nature about yourself so that you can then look back on yourself and see what can I change? What, how can I be better? How can I be, how can I, well, as you had put it earlier, but how can I achieve my dreams realistically? How can I just say like, oh, I think this is what I need to do. I'm just going to do it. Mm-hmm. It's it's hard to do that. It's, it, yeah, it's not it hard is very. To, the hardest thing isn't just stepping out the front door and doing it, right? The hardest thing is realizing it that's the hardest thing because you're in a rut but you don't know it yeah so it's hard to hard to step outside of yourself and then see that rut and then go okay now i'll make the change and that's why usually we don't make those kinds of changes until we hear it from someone else yeah because we don't even see it and then we hear from someone else and then we go oh maybe it's me and it takes a while and uh you also put a guard up a lot so when someone tells you that sometimes you don't even listen or you are listening and you know they're right but you don't do anything about it. You're just stubborn. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and I think we're all guilty of it at some point here or there, but it just is how it is. But when I hear from Matthew McConaughey, it's like, oh man, like I want to just say he got lucky. I want to just say he's a good looking guy. He just went to Hollywood and he became famous. But at the same time, it's like, nope, there is a perseverance there. There is some kind of drive that gets him going. And there is uh, a willingness to make mistakes that, if I had more of that, I'm sure I would have more success in some of the things I might be jealous of that he has success for. Mm. So yeah, I, I think it's it's definitely possible that he, uh, because he's put himself in situations where he ended up making mistakes that he could learn from it, um, and then yeah, it just works for him. Obviously, everybody's lives are going to lead them in different paths, and uh, but I think yeah, the underlying thing is um, that the the motivation to well the realization and the motivation to actually make some sort of uh forward motion so Mm. um progression yeah progression like uh, i was trying to think back to something that he did mention because i know that he talked about having um uh oh it was in the beginning when he started his acting career uh so i think one of his first ones like he did a lot of improv and it just worked for him because he was just like so comfortable with the character and he didn't and he just went with it and then later on a similar character or a similar kind of experience came up and he said you know i'm just gonna do what i did before yeah but that just it didn't work whatsoever it just totally went the opposite way and he just didn't understand why or i think he took time to reflect afterwards so you know he was kind of in that moment of like screw it i'm not gonna conform to i'm 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 sure it's not exactly like this but screw it i'm not gonna do this way i'm just gonna stick to my usual way and that's gonna give me what i need but because this was not the exact same situation or because um uh, because it was something that was later on in life that required uh different skills or knowledge or whatever he realized oh crap my old way doesn't work anymore yeah i actually have to make something different if i have to adapt yeah and uh and i think i guess like that's something that we're going to be facing all the time right like adapt adapting to this and that and um yeah i part of why i wanted to bring this up was because 
lately, yeah, I have been thinking for myself, how do I keep learning and growing, not just for the baby, but just like in general as a person, because I, I did find that I was finding myself just very, kind of getting comfortable. I guess comfortable is the word. Like I'm content with, with how things are with like certain aspects of my life. I don't know. Say Mm -hmm. like I'm content with, uh, just hypothetically say I'm content with work. So I don't want to do anything to change it. And it just like goes along. But the thing is like work for me is actually, you know, it's starting to get to the point where like, Oh, I actually have to do something different. So if I want to, if I, if I'm telling myself like, Oh, I'm fine the way I am dealing with work then that's like one attitude that is not going to get me very far and then i'm actually going to have to tell myself oh you know what what i thought was content was actually just like a momentary thing where it worked for a while but now uh, i actually have to make a change otherwise like i'm just going to be stressed and unhappy because i can't like because my old my old ways aren't enough to satisfy these new challenges so um yeah, I don't know. Do you ever have these moments where you're just thinking like, "Oh, what should I? What do I have?" Because you were well, you and you and your fiance worked on a shed, and you worked on some other stuff. You you did oh, some. Yeah. Um, uh, you were setting up. You were doing some plotting and stuff, right? Not or like some. Uh, I feel like you were doing some garden work. Oh yeah yeah. Yeah. So I mean, well, like last you, year, you, yeah. yeah, like you moved into a house. You didn't just keep it like it, I'm sure like a house as is is great, but then you thought, oh no, well you know what. I think what's going to make this better is having a shed. And what's going to make this better yeah. is having a garden. And stuff, yeah, right? we, we first thing we wanted was to fence the yard. So we, we spent a good portion of the year building the fence and putting the fence up, digging the post holes, building the whole fence, and, and getting the whole thing fully fenced. And the reason why was because we were getting a dog. And we mm-hmm. did that. We made sure it was done, and we did it. Now, mm-hmm. I am very fortunate to have someone like my fiancé who is very motivating and is constantly trying to improve and to make Mm. better so because of that it helps me stay on that track a lot yeah but i'm guilty of so much of it as well there's many times when i am afraid of failure and don't want to improve don't want to get better because i don't want to look dumb and Mm, that's my biggest hurdle is to get over that because you don't learn until you push yourself um yeah yeah so it's funny you talk about work because i recently had an experience where uh, at my job there is i got very complacent with the job i had because i was the only employee with that job title so when I was doing my work, I, it was done to a certain level and it was always done that way because that was as good as it could be. And I couldn't see out of a lot of errors. So I couldn't see out of a lot of situations. So it could only be done this one way. Um, and I fell into that really quickly without even knowing it. And then now we've hired another guy who has the same title as me and he's mm-hmm. helping me out with a lot of things. And the two of us are working really well together because we can bounce ideas off of each other quite nicely. And I find myself catching myself going down the wrong rabbit hole sometimes Mm -hmm. at work um, because he's around. Because he's around, I'm second-guessing a lot of stuff I'm doing or I'm double-checking my work a lot more than I was. And it's helping me so much. So I'm probably learning at a much faster rate now at work because I have him with me. And he's learning as well, obviously. But it's just the power of two is so much better than the power of one in that moment because I'm just just new perspective. But if you told me that back before when I was the only one there, I don't think I would have listened. I don't think I would have fully understood how much you yeah. can adapt and change and get better. Mm-hmm. But there's always, always room for improvement. And it's it sounds so cliche, but it's cliche for a reason. There just always is room for improvement. And if you just mm-hmm. stop and, and think, what can I do to make this better? There's going to be many things that you eventually can do, and you'll come out happier for it. Yeah. I'm, I'm in a similar position, like, uh, at least in terms of my, of my wife. Like, she 
definitely calls me out for a lot of stuff. Mm. And then, yeah. In That's the, the sign of a good wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's she's not afraid to call me out. When, yeah. Uh, yeah, which is, it's, it's good. I think, like... Uh, I would get to a point where like, oh, there's so many things I got to work on, but then, but that's, that's it. There are so many things I got to work on. Yeah. Like it's, uh, and you're not so, dead. <laughs> exactly, yeah, exactly. Um, so I'm thankful for her being able to be upfront with me about that. I, I have a hard time doing that for other people. Uh, I think just because of the way I've, um, grown up. I don't know. I just feel it's like, I, I just, I, I feel bad, but it's like, it's not the same kind of feel bad as in, you know, if you were to be. Like you can feel bad for saying somebody is needs to work on something, or you can feel bad for not helping somebody improve, right? Which is the one yeah. that you wanna, which is the route you wanna take. Yeah. Um, so I've also, yeah. So I finished reading Green Lights. I also started reading, uh, the subtle art of not giving a f. Oh yeah, yeah. And I haven't read that one, but it's always suggested to me. Yeah, me too. And so <laughs> I, I've only read the first part so far, and uh, what, <laughs> what kind of applied to me actually today for it was for work as well because i it was is that thing that you mentioned as well that um it's like that fear of failure or fear oh no sorry mm. fear of looking dumb when yes. you're trying to do something uh like to improve or yeah. to change why or try like. if you could fail because you might look dumb is yeah. the is the mentality right yeah. something yeah exactly so i um so usually my mentality is i will do a whole bunch of research on my own and try to come up with some sort of answer on my own and then bring that answer to other people. So it's like a, a mixture of like trying to be a super prepared, but also trying to just figure it out for myself without getting anybody else's help. Right. Um, so I needed to uh, call to get some quotes on stuff like for work. And normally I would take forever getting to the point where I'm actually ready to call. But today I was like, I kind of took the mentality that I'm getting from the, the subtle art book. Um, it's And it's not... Um, so just to briefly paraphrase that uh, the author says that this, like the art of not caring isn't about um, being indifferent, mm. but it's just like prioritizing what you care about and how, I hope I'm saying this right, but also how you, uh, like how much effort you put into um, the things that are important to you. So it's like, it's, it's really figuring out what your principles and morals are. Like, what do you really care about? Um, and then also, what are you willing to take flack for versus what are you not willing to take flack for? Right. Um, and so anyway, yeah, so today, rather than just doing a whole bunch of research, I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to call. I don't care how stupid I sound. Uh, I just want to get an answer from these professionals uh, right. because I feel like it's just going to be better for me in the long run to, to just feel like, yeah, I it's okay to look dumb and ask for help from people that obviously know what they're talking about. Yeah. Why should I make myself feel like I have to get on their level before I can talk to them or something, which is like, that's too much. So, uh, yeah, I felt, I, I hope that's something that I can keep up. Like, uh, because if I'm, if I'm not really able to, I, I guess I'm humbling myself in that way. Just, you know, just knowing that I'm not capable and knowing that somebody else is and reaching out to them. Yeah. I'm hoping that that's something that I can continue to do because I, I think that that makes life a bit easier, right? Just uh, knowing that you um, have, knowing that there are other sources that are helpful, knowing that there are other people that have that the answers that you need, that there's nothing wrong with asking them. And if they help you, they help you. And then great, it all works out. Um, kind of reminds me of a quote from the Freshmen's of Bel-Air where it was uh, it was Will and 
um, and Uncle Phil talking about how uh, Will didn't want to... He didn't want to ask Uncle Phil for help because he just wanted him to know that like he was he was like a capable independent man basically yeah, yeah. uh and uncle feels like um i i open doors for you just like people open doors for me like nobody nobody in life goes through like their whole life doing it all on their own like yeah. that's not you know that's just too much for each person right so um yeah there's the kind of like mentalities that i i hope that i can like keep very strong because i think they're very they're very powerful mentalities yeah. Yeah, and they're they're larger than all of us. They're they're there. They're hard for us to fully grasp sometimes, and yet we all know them. I don't know. It's weird. So sometimes yeah. when you hear somebody, an influencer like someone like Matthew McConaughey, who can then say it in a very generic way that we can understand, then we get it. We get these glimpses of the person that we want to be sometimes. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I I guess like what I've what I've come to. Well, I mean I've sure i've realized it over and over again and i kind of just fall back and kind of go back and forth but uh just realizing that um yeah like i need to there's always going to be something that i will need to uh change and i'm not going to be the exact same person for my whole life because like, and thank god right i mean it's good it's good <laughs> yeah. to always be improving it's good to always change you want to look back on the last 10 years of your life and know that you've made a difference yeah, you know, that, for yourself actually, and for others. Yeah. But yeah, you always want to know that. Like, what have I improved on in these ten years? What has made me a different person, and what has made me better? Mm-hmm. You know, or what can I improve on to be better for the next ten years? Yeah, I actually that's a that's a really important thing to note. Like the the idea of looking back, mm-hmm. and to not just ahead. like yeah yeah exactly look back to look ahead because if you're always looking forward, you're not really thinking about like what are the things that made you even get to this point now exactly. that are going to propel you to the next steps, right? So yeah, yeah. looking back to see what changes you actually made to to come out on top or to make things better so yeah yeah Good point cool. anyway um yeah just a little bit of <laughs> what what's going on in my head lately but i like uh, it that's yeah. the stuff that i really like that when we first started this podcast that's what i was much more into talking about was uh actual real stuff Real self-improvement. There's some Real good stuff. value out of that. <laughs> yeah. Not not that MCU stuff that we say for the other podcasts. Oh, my but... God. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but. Uh, yeah. No, the, yeah. These are, these are I think these are good things to for everybody to just to keep in mind. Yeah. Right? Definitely. So, yeah. Well, thank you. I think you've probably influenced me tonight. And maybe Aww. by tomorrow I'll be thinking about it being like, yeah, you know what? Let's try harder. You know? Nice. Tomorrow yeah. I'm just gonna be like, ah, oh, I'm fine the way I am. I'm gonna stay in bed <laughs> and realize, like, oh nope, I gotta get up and I got work to do and I gotta make a change. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks for humoring me with my topic. Thank you for the topic. I'm sorry I didn't bring one. I'll try to bring one next time. Sure. <laughs> if, okay. If not, I will have another book under my sleeve and we'll talk about that. <laughs> awesome. I'm reading Da Vinci Code. It's not as inspiring, so. <laughs> but still fun. I like I like those books. The Dan Brown series. They're fun. Yeah, this is my first Dan Brown. I've never read Dan Brown. Oh, really? So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I read the... Uh, I think Da Vinci Code wasn't the first Robert Landon. Yeah, movie. I actually misspoke. I'm reading Angels and Demons, the first one. But I'm, I'm going through oh, the series. So. Or yeah, Da Vinci yeah. Code came out first, but Angels and Demons is actually a prequel, even though it came out after. I think the I book think, right? came first, though. The book Angels, Angels and, Demons and Demons is the first book, and then oh, okay. Da Vinci Code is the second book, but the movies did, did the Da Vinci Code first. I think that's how it goes. Mm, okay. Yeah. All right. Anyways... Cool. That's all she wrote, folks. So thank that you so much it. for listening. Uh, Anthos, where can the audience find you? Well, if you want to find me, you can find me on Twitter still. I think I'm there. 
Yep, pretty sure. <laughs> at Anthos1. That's at A N T H 0 Z 1. And if you want to find me, you can also find me on Twitter, although I feel like I haven't posted there in a little while. I definitely forgot to put the last couple episodes onto Twitter, so I will try to me remind myself too. to do that. So, <laughs> um, you can find me there at Matt Brush Gaming. Uh, you can also find this very podcast in video format on YouTube at Matt Brush Gaming as well. You can just type in the Scumbar Podcast, and you'll find us on any of your favorite podcasting platforms or on YouTube as well. Um, we're yep. available everywhere. Everywhere you want us to be available, we are there. I promise you. Oh, and, and you mentioned th- things are changing potentially. With oh yeah, we. I don't know if this is a right? big deal at all. We host our podcast through Anchor, and uh, Anchor recently got purchased by Spotify, which is fine. We have our podcast on Spotify, um, so everything seems totally fine there. But we might have to make changes in the future if Spotify changes anything there. So we're gonna go back and forth on a few emails and figure out what's going on there. But as far as right now, everything is still peachy keen. So yeah. But see, yeah. companies change, and we might have to change too, and that's just how it is. That's how it is. It's how the cookie crumbles. That's sometimes. how the cookie crumbles. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, Anthos, I believe you had a little speech prepared. When looking back at your crumbs of life, don't forget to leave crumbs for others to follow in your footsteps that's how the cookie crumbles oh it crumbles because you're leaving the f- okay yeah. very introspective it's, it's, right. a, it's a proactive crumbling ah nice yes well thank you anthos no problem all right everybody thank you so okay. much